Praise the Lord. Today for the meditation of the scriptures, let us open the Bibles and turn to Psalm 68. Psalm 68 is a beautiful hymn of praise, a joyful hymn of praise where the nation of Israel praises the Lord for the various reasons that are listed below. Verses 1 to 6 praises God because he is a God who arises and the enemies of Israel is scattered. And verses 7 to 18 talks about God marching before the nation of Israel and marching before us and giving victory to the people who trust in him. Verses 19 to 27 talk about the Lord who shall dwell with us and verses 28 till the end of the psalm talks about the whole earth worshiping him as Lord. The psalm is very interesting for various reasons especially uh, there are many parallels between this psalm and the song of Deborah in Judges chapter 5 as well as the fact that the six names of Jehovah are used here in the psalm which means Elohim, Jehovah, Yah, Adonai and Shaddai are all used there in the psalm. Also this psalm is particularly messianic and Paul quotes uh, Psalm 68 verse 18 in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 8 and he applies that to the ascension and the triumph of Christ as well. It is indeed a very long psalm so let us prayerfully look at this psalm section by section and may the Lord speak to us through the words of this psalm. Psalm 68 verses 1 to 6 talk about God arising and his enemies being scattered. Verse 1 reads like this God shall arise and his enemies shall be scattered and those who hate him shall flee before him. When we see here we see that this verse is a direct quotation from Numbers chapter 10 verses 33 to 35 and this was the marching cry of Israel whenever they started on their journeys. And we see that it is very much fitting because in this particular case God seems to have gone ahead of them and marched and the enemies of Israel had been scattered. He is the one who fights the battles for the nation of Israel. He is the one who leads them into the land of their inheritance and he is the one who glorifies himself in the midst of them. We see that the enemies of Israel are blown away like smoke, they are melted like wax and the righteous nation of Israel is rejoicing at the works of the Lord and they are singing his praises and that is what is mentioned here. This uh, if you see this initial section of the psalm Verse 1 says God shall arise and his enemies shall be scattered. How does God deal with his enemies? When God arises his enemies shall be scattered and destroyed. As smoke is driven away, as wax is melted, they shall be destroyed. But the righteous shall be glad as it says in verse 3 and they shall exult before the Lord. There is always joy that accompanies all these actions of the Lord by the righteous people because we we who are righteous we who trust in the lord we see the actions of the lord and we rejoice because god has arisen and the enemies of the lord are scattered and finally that leads us to sing to god and sing praises to his name as it reads in psalm 68 verse 4 and we lift up a song to him who rides through the deserts one of the alternate translation says clear the way for the one who rides through the desert his name is the lord and exult before him The picture that is shown there is like a king and his entourage approaching a town and the citizens are clearing the way before him. The coming of the king encourages the people, especially the helpless people, especially the orphans and the widows, the lonely and those who are imprisoned unjustly. As we read here verse 5 and 6 says, he is the father of the fatherless and the protector of the widows. He is holy in his habitation. Verse 6 says he settles the solitary in a home and he leads out the prisoners to prosperity. This shows the compassionate nature of the Lord who does all these things and establishes justice and equity for the people who are oppressed and imprisoned unjustly. 
And this is in a way similar to the Nazareth Manifesto that we read as well in Luke chapter 4. But one thing is there. Verse 6 ends with the statement, the rebellious dwell in a parched land. The implication for that is those who rebel against the Lord better be careful because they shall be cast out of the promised land which flows with milk and honey. Dearly beloved, this psalm tells us about not only the way the Lord deals with the enemies, but the way the righteous people and those who trust in him rejoice at the various acts of God. That leads us to the second part of the psalm, which is Psalm 68 verses 7 to 18, where the Lord is seen to be marching before us. In verses 7 to 10 of Psalm 68, we see that the psalmist is reviewing the mighty works of God on their behalf as the Lord graciously led them through the wilderness journey. We see that the march of Israel, God was at the head of that the train and he was the one who led the nation through the wilderness. And we see that he was the one who graciously provided for them by raining manna in the wilderness. The rain that is mentioned there may be a literal rain, but it could also refer to the raining of provisions from heaven as the Lord had sustained them during their wilderness journey. And we see that the, the nation of Israel entered the land of Canaan and conquered it because the Lord himself had spoken the word of victory. He had promised to Israel that they would possess the land and they did so as they went ahead and obeyed the command of God. As they went ahead and did the will of God, we understand that the nation of Canaan, all the various Gentile nations that ruled Canaan were dispossessed and the land came into the possession of Israel. Israel had finally gained their inheritance. Verses 7 to 10 of this psalm focuses on the provision that God gives in the wilderness journey and verses 11 to 14 talks about the way the Lord acts and gives victory to the nation who trusts him. Verse 11 reads like this, The Lord gives the word and the women who announce the news are great hosts. Or in another translation it reads, Great is the company of those who announce the good news of the Lord. And we see the prominent role that God had given to the women even in the Old Testament times where they were allowed and encouraged to announce the good news. And we see that they were the ones who sang the praises of the Lord even at the times of Exodus. When the triumph at Exodus happened in Exodus chapter 15 verses 20 to 21, we see the very same thing. Verses 12, 13 and 14 have been a difficult one to interpret by many of the Bible scholars. And one of the alternate readings reads like this. The enemy kings and their armies, they flee, while the women of Israel divide the plunder. Though they lived among sheepfolds, now they are covered with silver and gold like a dove by its wings. When the Almighty scatters the kings there, let snow fall on Salmon. In verses 11 to 14 of the psalm, we read that it is the Lord who gives the word of the victory and the people who are the beneficiaries of that victory are the humble nation of Israel who were merely a bunch of shepherds when they came out of the land of Egypt. But by the grace of God, by the victory that they had given, they received as their inheritance and as their plunder and spoil a great set of nations and great riches. The psalmist clearly attributes the victory to the grace of God when he writes, verse 14, When the Almighty scatters the kings there, let snow fall on Salmon. Let the news of the Lord's victory be so refreshing to us. That is essentially what the psalmist means in this verse. Verse 15 to 18 talks about the Lord's choice of Mount Zion as the place of his dwelling place. And verses 15 to 16 
almost talks about the envy that the other surrounding mountains may feel over God's choice of Zion. We see that even the big mountains like Mount Hermon etc. were very tall and very big. But David pictures these mountains as showing jealousy because they were not selected. But it is the Mount Zion that God had chosen as his dwelling place. And as we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, sometimes the choice of God is seemingly foolish in the eyes of men. But God it displays his wisdom through the choices that he makes in selecting the humble, in selecting the ones which are despised in the eyes of the world. God in his grace chose Zion and that became his permanent dwelling place forever. And we see that the next verses read about the chariots of God, which talks about the heavenly army, for he is the Lord of hosts and he is the one who is victorious in all the battles. And the ultimate display of his victory and his power was the resurrection. And that we read is prophesied in verses 18 as well, where the word of God says, You ascended on high, leading a host of captives in your train and receiving gifts among men, even the rebellious, that the Lord God may dwell therein. We see that Paul quotes this verse in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 8 when he refers to the ascension of Jesus Christ. A king who is ascending the throne gives and receives the gifts. And we see here that he has received gifts from men, even among the rebellious, that the Lord may dwell therein. Dearly beloved, this reminds me of the fact that even the people who were rebellious against the Lord at an earlier date, when they had that encounter with God, they submitted to him and they became his disciple and his followers. We see that in the Bible through the lives of people like Paul who opposed God, who opposed Christ. But when he had that encounter with him, he submitted to the grace of the gospel, becoming himself an apostle of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, becoming himself a bond servant of Christ. And he gave his entire life to him. Not only that, but in the life of many other people who have since then passed by here, we understand that people who were indeed rebellious against the Lord have submitted to him and become his disciples and have given their entire lives to him, which the Lord has graciously received and the Lord has graciously used their lives to reach out many others for the kingdom. Verse 18 ends with a statement like this, that the Lord God may dwell therein. The ultimate purpose of God is that he dwells among his people and within the hearts of men. He wants to be, he wants us to be the place of his inhabitant, inhabitation and he wants us to be the temples of the living God. And therein lies the grand plan of God that is revealed in this dispensation, in this church age. That brings us to the third part of the psalm, that is verses 19 to verse 27 where the Lord says he shall dwell among us and he shall dwell with us. That part of the psalm is still further divided into three sections where verses 19 to 21 talks about the salvation that God gives to the people who trust him. The word says, blessed be the Lord who daily bears us up. The God is our salvation. Our God is a God of salvation and he to him belongs the deliverances from death. We understand that salvation was one primary aspect of the, uh, the nation of Israel that they enjoyed and more so for the church of God where we have received salvation to the uttermost as it is promised in Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25. The Lord shall save us to the uttermost and that grand plan of salvation is what the Lord has revealed to us graciously in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the second part of this section of the psalm 
talks about the revenge that God shall execute on his enemies. And here it says, but God will strike the head of his enemies and the hairy crown of him who walks in his guilty ways. And verse 22 to 23 talk about uh, a certain aspect of judgment. Wherever the enemies of God are, they shall be brought together and they shall receive that judgment. And this is indeed a picture not just of the earthly judgment that they might have received at the hand of a king against whom they had rebelled, but rather an eternal judgment that they shall receive at the hand of a God whom they had rebelled against. The words that are used there for the judgment of the rebellious and the wicked is that the dog shall lick the blood that is of the slain people. And that is something that talks about almost a complete kind of judgment and humiliation. It's a common phrase in the, uh, in the Old Testament that we read. Therein we see a sharp contrast between the people who trust him. To them God gives salvation. To those who are submitted to him he gives salvation. And to those who are rebelling against him and those who are his enemies he grants to them, he gives to them a judgment. Something to be feared. Dearly beloved, as we read this portion of the psalm, let us inspect and introspect into our own hearts where we are. Do we stand right with God? Have we behaved as an enemy of God or are we submitted to his lordship? Verses 24 to 27 is a scene that is pictured by the psalmist as a grand procession of all those who have submitted to the lordship of the Lord. Here in the psalm, it seems to be a picture from the nation of Israel, but prophetically it is also seen as a picture of the church of God or those who call Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We see that your procession is seen, O God, the procession of my God, my King, into the sanctuary. And with the picture that is seen there is a set of people who call God as my Lord and my God and my King. Dearly beloved, it is important that we believe with our heart, but we also make that faith confession with our mouth and call him as Lord and my King. And in the midst of the people who call him as Lord and King, he is the one who leads, he is the one who receives the glory, and to him be glory and honor forever and ever. We see that the rest of the tribes of Israel are walking behind him. They are blessing the Lord in the great congregation. The Lord is blessed in the midst of the congregation that calls him as God and King. And that also should be an aspect of our life where we bless the Lord and remember all the great things that he has done on our behalf and we continuously bless him wherever we are, in our hearts, within our families, within our congregations and wherever we are, let that praise be always be on our lips. Two things that spoke to my heart when I read this section of the psalm, verses 24 to 27, was that God is called in verse 26, the fountain of Israel. From him, the very life flows into Israel. From him, the very life flows into all of our hearts and lives. It is because of that strength that God gives us, that vitality that he gives us, that we are who we are today. And it refers to the Holy Spirit as an emblem. It refers to the grace of God as well as an emblem. And when we gladly partake of that grace, when we gladly drink from that fountain of life that he gives us, we ourselves shall receive that life. The second thing that touched my heart was, in verse 27, it is Benjamin, the least of them, in the lead. That is a beautiful picture. Sometimes it is not the people who, who are great and big that the Lord chooses to lead in, a, in, a, in an assembly. It is the people who are humble. It is the people who are weak. And in that, the Lord receives the glory. And in that, the Lord receives the honor. In the next portion of the psalm, verses 28 to 35, the Lord speaks about the whole earth that is worshipping him. 
Now, remember, the plan of God was never to limit salvation and the blessing to the nation of Israel alone. Right from the choice of Abraham, his plan, God's plan was always to bless the entire earth through Abraham. And we know that prophetically that happened through uh, the uh, bringing of the Savior, the Messiah, into this world. And through the Messiah, we all, the Gentile nations, the Gentile peoples are now able to say that he is the God of our lives. He is the Lord of our lives. And we receive that great salvation because of him. In this section of the Psalm, verses 28 to 35, the whole earth is seen to be worshipping him. And that is a prophetic Psalm. This has a prophetic overtone because finally, when do the nations, Gentile nations, submit to Yehovah? It is only as we read in uh, Revelation chapter 11, Revelation chapter 21, and Isaiah chapter 2, that ultimately there will be a submission to the Lord God. Now, until the Lord reigns in Jerusalem, there can be no lasting peace on earth. We know that finally the Lord shall defeat all the enemies of Israel and gather them together. And all the nations shall send envoys to Jerusalem with tribute as well. And that is what is mentioned in this psalm when in verse 29 the word says, Because your temple at Jerusalem, kings shall bear gifts unto you. And we see that in verse 32 till 35, all the kingdoms of earth shall sing to the Lord, sing praises to God. To him who rides in the heaven, the ancient heavens, behold, he sends out his voice, his mighty voice. To him, all the kingdoms of the earth shall sing praises to the Lord. Today, when we see the state of the world, there are many peoples and nations who are against the Lord, who are against his ways, who are against the word of God, who are against the Christian faith. And yet the word of God confirms to us repeatedly that there comes a day when all these nations and all these people shall be submitted for the Lord shall reign over all of them. But for us, it is important to realize that while it is today, today is the day of our salvation. The choice that we make today determines our eternal destiny. Sometimes we need to realize that the choice that the nations tend to make to submit to the Lord may be too late. As far as we are concerned, we receive today the grace from him to accept him as our Lord and Savior. And while it is still possible, let us turn to him, let us accept him, let us worship him, and let us join in along with all the other people who have who are become his sons and daughters and worship him together as the church of God, as the universal church of God. For the Lord says, verse 35, Awesome is God from his sanctuary, the God of Israel. He is the one who gives power and strength to his people. Blessed be God. As we come to the close of this beautiful hymn of praise and victory, let us remember who our God is and let us all be edified and strengthened because he is the Lord who reigns on heaven and on earth.